who doesn't like a good story? I mean, stories have been a huge part of the history of our species, passing it down through generations, through history. And how we share stories continues to evolve. I mean, we're here on a podcast sharing stories. And today, you guys are in for a treat. Today on Dr. D's social network, we have Kevin and Stephanie Mason, who have overcome a tremendous amount of challenges, lots of highs, lots of lows, but there's been a lot of laughter through it all. And their stories, I think, are really going to inspire you and challenge you and also put a smile on your face. I think you'll be able to tell I had a great time speaking with both of them. One of my, this is one of my favorite episodes. So funny, so real, and so amazing. Lots of faith. I think you guys are going to enjoy. So, check out the conversation I had with Kevin and Stephanie Mason. All right, we're back in the network this time with Kevin and Stephanie Mason. Thank you guys for being on. We are honored to be here. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Well, um, I'm going to jump right into it because when I connected with you guys on uh, Spot, I guess, you, I think you reached out to me, Kevin, about your book and all the trials and different things. And uh, I would love to hear kind of about the origin of you guys. And let's get into some good stories here. Yeah. Oh, we'd love to. So I'm a CPA finance guy. Steph, you are- I'm a nurse. Registered nurse. And so- We've been through a lot in our first 15 years of marriage, from Steph getting electrocuted to having a brain tumor to having to have brain surgery to doctors telling us we would never have children to your miscarriage Mm -hmm. to um, infertility issues, just trying to get pregnant, trying to have a baby to my cancer diagnosis five years ago. So needless to say, we've been through a few things, Dr. D. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yes. And so uh, today, we are both completely healthy, completely healed, completely restored. We have three beautiful, healthy children. And of course, the odds of that happening is, you know, next to nearly impossible, right? If you are a Vegas gambler. Yeah. Um, So. And the crazy thing is, you know, on top of all of that, our third child uh, was born with two holes in his heart. Correct. And he is completely healed and whole from that uh, diagnosis as well. So pretty crazy. So as, uh, as we've gone through this journey, right. And even like my cancer diagnosis, uh, I would send out mass emails to family, friends and some coworkers and just kind of document the funny stuff that takes place when you are a cancer patient. And because there's a lot of doom and gloom. There's right? a ton of doom and gloom, but there were some funny things to me, right? That would that would take place, um, such as you know how people treat you when they find out you've been diagnosed with cancer, right? <laughs> Their attitude completely changes, mm-hmm. or when you come back to work um, after losing almost forty pounds. Of course, you can't hide that, but people didn't know um, that I had you know gone through cancer treatments and had surgery, and so people would say really dumb things to me, <laughs> and so uh, people whether it's acquaintances or friends or people from our church, like, Hey, you know what? You should write a book. And typically when people give me unsolicited advice, (laughs) I just completely ignore it. (laughs) Completely ignore it. Right. People have good intentions, especially family. 
family have very good oh, intentions, man. right? But for the most part, I ignore it unless they're in my circle of people that I call in my mind the board of directors, right? That I will take their advice to heart. And so when people kept saying or emailing me, hey, you need to publish this somehow. You need to document this. I kept thinking, okay, maybe there's something here. So we agreed, hey, let's let's go ahead and, and document some of these stories. Even if we don't publish it, we're at least going to document what we've gone through and how God has helped us get through these life-threatening situations. We're gonna at least going to do this for our children. So they at least have these stories of what it took to have them, right? So mm-hmm. they will know that they were loved, right? And we prayed for them and we, we fought for fought them, for them mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of how this all evolved. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot to talk about uh, within that. How did you two meet, actually? Oh, boy. Do you want to take this? We, we can. I mean, <laughs> we're just like staring start. at each other. Why right are you guys now? doing this? You're like, well, I don't know. Oh, you, boy. me, who? I mean, yeah, do we want to get into this? So yeah, our, our we book, do. Yeah, we do. What's our book we titled, told, honey? Okay, so our book is titled You Met Her Where, and it's obviously based on how my husband. I guess found me and he played softball and his dad went to uh, watch him play in one of his tournaments and he had just gotten married and they, Oh wait, my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin's not me. No, 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 no. (laughs) Kevin's dad had just gotten married and they had just gotten back from their honeymoon at Key West and they were craving key lime pie. So they said, Hey, you know who has great key lime pie is Hooters. So they went, (laughs) came to Hooters and by golly, I was their waitress. So it's kind of crazy. Is it so really my, good at Hooters, the key lime oh, pie? I don't know. Who knows? It is. Of course it really? is. Really? I don't know. I've been there. I never had the key lime pie. I haven't either. Dr. Jaren, you have to go to Hooters. Their wings <laughs> are amazing. Chicken wings are all pretty good. Their I mean, wings are amazing. They're fries with cheese sauce. I'm still a huge proponent of Hooters. <laughs> so my, my dad came and watched me play at the softball tournament, right? Because I was playing in town. And two hours after he left, he called me up and said, I just met the perfect woman for you. And I was like, I doubt it because he tried to play Cupid in the past and I had gone on a blind date and I immediately thought, man, I thought my dad had a higher opinion of me than this. (laughs) When Ah. on this date. So I'm like, dad, I don't think so. And and I'm like, but where'd you meet her? And he said, we just met her at Hooters. And my response was, you met her where? Because Dr. D, I grew up as a pastor's kid. My dad was a pastor my entire childhood, right? So up until the age of 20, 21, my dad was a a minister, right? Full-time minister. So he was very conservative. And of course, you know, my my parents divorced. He ended up, you know, losing the church through that and uh, went on to do other things. And when he remarried, um, that's when this took place. So Having that as my background and the context, I was fl- floored that my dad would meet my future wife there. Right, so um, right. so he's like, "You have to, you have to go to Hooters with me." And I was like, "Dad, I'm not, I'm not doing that." And at at the time, I had just started studying for the CPA exam, and so I was uh, 23 or 24 at the time, and in between. You know, softball games, I would be going through flashcards, studying uh, all the counting notes on taxes and finance reporting. And I'm like, Dad, I, I really need to focus on this. And he's like, how about Friday night? 
after work. You need a study break. I will treat you. You you need to meet this this girl. You have to meet her. And he was just completely just adamant that I I wow. meet meet this waitress. And so at the time I'm like, you know what? Fine, I'll get a free meal out of it and I don't get to see my dad a whole lot anymore. So it'll be an opportunity to spend some time with my dad. So he picked me up at probably seven o'clock or whatever. We're driving there, Dr. D. And when we get on the exit to get to the restaurant, I immediately I'm like, hey, turn around. I don't want to do this. And he's like, why not? I'm like, well, this this is just one way too awkward for you to be like my wingman on this. And you introduce me to somebody. I don't want to do that. And I said, and two, I don't want my first time going to Hooters to be with my dad. And he's like, that's fine. You can sit in the car. I'm going to go get some chicken wings because I'm hungry. So, of course, he didn't listen to me and went to the restaurant. And, of course, I ended up introducing the stuff and went on a date two nights later. and Which uh, was terrible. That was a terrible first date. It was a terrible date. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Why was it terrible? Terrible date. He was very sheltered. Um, and frugal and frugal <laughs> um growing up so he took me to a movie which he had free tickets for <laughs> and it was men in black men in black two, men in yeah. black two yeah. and his reasoning was like you know if it doesn't work out at least it's a free date i don't oh, lose any money i just i just oh, lost my time I didn't, I didn't say listen i didn't say this to her but that was my rationale <laughs> that's his rationale and then he was like, we sit down in the theater. He's like, hey, I'm going to go get myself, you know, a slushy. Do you need anything? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm good. Like, I'm just like, who is yeah. this guy? So back yeah. back then, again, I was very frugal. Some and might naive. say cheap. Very naive. Right. And I would do random things to win something for free. Right. So I would do like um, surveys to win something i would do uh sign up for a credit card card to win a free t-shirt right i would do a focus group to you know get some movie tickets so i had done that this week was given two movie tickets i didn't have anybody to go with so i'm like this is perfect this is a win-win why not take the hooters girl (laughs) right (laughs) and looking back you could tell i was just complete amateur because i have one shot dr d to make a good impression on her and i take her somewhere where you're not allowed to talk (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) So it just, just, I mean, just a comedy of errors, right? So it, it didn't go well, but thankfully it... It worked out in the end. Yes. So How did you rebound from that? Like, what was, you were like, this is a lame date. What, what changed after that? So for some reason, I mean, it just wasn't going good, right? Like we come, we're driving back to his apartment because I wasn't going to have him pick me up because I didn't want him to know where I lived. <laughs> So you were given so, creeper status at that yeah. point. So she picked me up instead I, of me picking her up. Yeah. And uh, we're driving back and I'm like, this guy, he just kept like making, like, I just felt like he felt like he was better than me. And I was like, so I just kind of confronted him and I'm like, Hey, you know, does it bother you where I work? Well, naive, you know, sheltered Kevin is like, yeah, it does. And I'm like, who does this guy think he is? Right. Yeah. So he invites me into his apartment and I was to like, hang out, to yeah. hang out, which 
We both said he doesn't know why he asked me. I don't know why I said yes because clearly I was just trying to be nice. He was trying to be nice. I was but, being a gentleman by asking you, "Hey, would you like to come in to hang out?" And, and I really didn't think you were going to say yes. Well, and my personality is I feel I always feel bad, so I'm like, "Sure." I'm like, "Why did I say yes?" Like the whole time I'm like walking to his apartment, I'm like, "Why did I say yes? <laughs> why did I say yes?" So I was like, you know what? I'm going to teach this guy a lesson. If if this is our last date, well, it clearly in my mind was our last date. I'm like, I'm going to show him that, hey, he needs to be more rounded. Is that what you would say? Sure. Yes. And have a, you know, not feel like he's better or, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. It's okay. <laughs> better. You know, he doesn't, that he's not better it. than anyone superior. else. Okay. Superior. Thank you. So, so in go the ahead. apartment, yes. I had made the comment, Dr. D, that... Again, I'm just being nice. That, hey, I'm, I'm shocked my dad tried to set me up again. I said he tried to set me up one other time, and it was just a train wreck of a date. I said it was a blind date. I, I was just being nice. And turns out this girl um, had dropped out of high school. Uh, it was just, just a mess, right? Mm-hmm. Had, had just had a baby. Um, my dad didn't tell me any of this. That I mean, it was just this it was just, it just a bad situation. Yeah. And I just really felt bad for it. And it just made it very awkward and uncomfortable. And Steph at that moment said, oh, well, this might be a good time to tell you uh, about my daughter. And my heart sunk like, oh, okay. I'm, you know, you were 21 at the time. Maybe. Yeah. yeah and I was like, oh, from a, from a previous boyfriend. And she goes, no, from a previous marriage. And I'm like, okay, so you are 21. <laughs> You've already been married. You just had a, you've had a baby. Wait, are you still married? Are you even divorced? (laughs) Like what, like what is going on? And so I then said, Hey, what, what's the name of your daughter? And she said, Shanene. I was like, you named your daughter Shanene. And she's like, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have a daughter. She's like, I haven't been married. I don't have none of that. She's like, I'm just telling you this just to get you to relax. And so when she told me that I fell on the couch and just busted out laughing because she totally pulled one on me. Yeah. And at that moment, it broke the ice. And I was like, okay, this girl is very cool, right? And so that completely broke the ice. And we had a much more fun conversation after that. Yep. And that's that's where it turned around. Wow. You're thinking like, dad, you're, you're killing me here, man. Yes. <laughs> like, like, over, no, over like, this two. is so bad. Like. <laughs> Now, did you two have very different upbringings? I hear what Kevin was saying growing up, a minister's son, the whole deal. How about you, uh, Stephanie? I grew up as a Lutheran. We would go to church every week. You know, I'd go, you know, weekday school, Sunday school. But I would, Kevin was very sheltered. Like he grew up in a very strict Mm. household where, you know, he was, he grew up, Dr. D, that Jesus turned water into grape juice. And like, no, it was no. wine, but they were so strict in that right. church where, you know, in our church, you know, you have wine for communion. We have wine for communion, or my dad would drink a beer after a long day work. Like it yeah. wasn't a big deal. So in that aspect, it was quite different. Yeah, our so upbringings, like with movies, right? I I wasn't allowed to watch a whole lot of movies growing up. So ah. if Steph references a movie any time between you know eighty five and ninety seven, I pretty much have no idea, right? <laughs> that uh, what she's referring to, uh, just because I, you know, I just lived a different 
completely different life. Like I'll bring out like a Goonies quote, like, hey, oh, you guys. amazing. He's like, what yeah. are you talking about? Wait, <laughs> no, wait. I'm like, Kevin, no. <laughs> he, it is sad. It is, and I the love truffle to shuffle? movie. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, he has no clue. Well, first time I met your parents. Yeah. What movie did they reference over the dinner table conversation? Was it Star Wars or was it? Dirty Dancing, maybe? No. I don't know. I honestly. Oh, Three Amigos. Three Amigos. Oh, uh, so good. And, so and good. I had no idea. So good. I looked at them like a deer in the headlight. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then they mentioned a Crocodile Dundee movie. And I'm yep. like, oh, I, so, no, I'm so okay. sorry, guys. I, I don't know what you're Shelter. talking about. So they were probably thinking, okay, this guy is not going to last long. Yeah. After this, after this dinner, yeah, literally by the grace of God, he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing! You're hitting me with all these movies. I'm like, oh, I think I've watched every movie in that right? time frame. The best. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I think my upbringing was probably more similar to yours. Uh, Which Stephanie. one? Me? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so you know, it was it was fairly common to you know. But what you're talking about, my dad would have beers and stuff. And as I got older, I would like have some drinks with my dad and stuff, you know. And, and, so, and so we were watching like Friday the 13th and stuff. And, <laughs> Nightmare and, Elm Street. and I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, Commando. Let's watch right. it now. <laughs> Robocop. We, come yeah, on. Yeah, we could watch that. We like we weren't scary movie people. But by golly, we were in the theater with my dad watching Rambo. At what oh, age? Yeah. Oh, we so little. And like, so yeah, oh, little. Rambo? <laughs> like, yes. Right? Like, my mom was like, out of town. Dad brings the kids to see Rambo. Birth blood? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting fail. <laughs> so fun. That's amazing. It was good. We had a great family. We still have a you great do. family. Yeah, I love That's, my family. So, Kevin, was so the adjustment for you, what what else were you adjusting to? As oh, you my were, gosh. Oh, Dr. How D. much time you got, sir? It's time, a lot. Man. Oh, my gosh. It's a lot. So, yes. So, lots of, like, family traditions and stuff that I had no idea about, right? So, for example, Christmas, right? Your family has a lot of Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. A lot of vacation traditions that I had I had no idea. So that, like the first time you brought me stuff to your house for Christmas, um, I didn't realize this, Doctor D. They should have sent me an email, notified me of like what is expected of me when I show up for you know these two days that I spent with your family. Yeah. So you show up, Doctor D. Back then, right? And you, all the children. You guys were all adults by then, oh, right? Totally. Your sister was we're still in, in college. We're in our 20s. Yeah. You're out of college. Your brother's out of college. So yeah, you're all in 20s. Yeah. And show up and they give me a, a package, right? As I walk in the door on Christmas Eve. And inside is your Christmas jammies is what they call them. Okay. <laughs> and so I start opening this up like really slow, just during being very nice. And everyone starts yelling at me to hurry it up. I got to <laughs> open up this package very quickly, get on my Christmas PJs so we can start watching, um, you know, Christmas vacation Yes, uh, as a family. <laughs> right. Okay? So, so I put on, uh, you know, I, I go in our bedroom cause we had just gotten married and go to put these Christmas PJs on. And I think your mom got a t-shirt and sweatpants. Okay. Well, these sweatpants are size medium, okay? I was wearing size XL, maybe or or large, okay. So I put try to put these on, and it they're like painted on. I'm like Steph, I can't wear these, honey, <laughs> in front of your family. She's like, oh, that's the size of my dad. 
I'm sorry. So then you try to go get something for your, your brother. So then go upstairs and we wear those PJs for the next day. And then the next morning it's expected. We're going to take pictures on your, your family steps, right? Because that's what you had done for 15 years with your family. So Dr. D I'm trying to like wipe the sleep out of my eyes and, you know, get my hair all, you know, non-messy. And, and then they start opening gifts. Well, they start making piles around the room uh, of your gifts, passing them out. Well, I knew what happened the night before that I'd gotten yelled at. Well, as they're putting these piles together, I immediately just start tearing into mine, ripping them open, and then everybody starts yelling at me again because their tradition is one at a time. You're going to go around the room, open all your gifts, and enjoy the moment, right? So just a litany of all these traditions I had, I had no idea about. And uh, so that was just one thing. It took me getting used to, but today I absolutely love it, right? Especially being a dad. It's great. So I have a story for you, Dr. D. All right, go Uh-oh. for it. Okay, so very sheltered, right? Well, my family, like, loves to play pranks on people sometimes. So Kevin goes to church with us one Sunday morning, and it was communion Sunday. Well, in his mind, what is he going to be Back drinking? Then, yeah for communion <laughs> grape, grape juice, juice. Grape so juice. we are all like kneeling and you know waiting for the wafer and waiting for our wine and and we're all like instead of praying we're all all of our heads are twist, twisted to the right to just watch kevin everyone's Kevin's looking at me at the oh my gosh, everybody so great everybody i mean your parents are like you know elbowing each other hey watch this watch, watch this, this. Watch. so it's supposed to be obviously like a holy moment and we and he takes that drink and he starts gasping and coughing. <laughs> and we are, we can't even take communion because we're laughing so hard. It was the best. So that's just a little like story. This is the real stuff. That we <laughs> went through. This is the real stuff, man. This is it. <laughs> first time at your church. <laughs> His first drink oh, was yeah. communion at a church. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't often have your first, you know, drink at church, but you no, know. Oh, uh, very true. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Good point. <laughs> You might change some minds around here. <laughs> like, really? Okay. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. You guys, you guys are like chock full of hilarious stories. And I like how you like you bounce off of each other really easily. Oh, thank like, you. it's like you have a real real synergy. I, I mean, you've been married a long time, so I you know, that kind of happens. I've been married almost 16 years at this oh, point. Good for you. Good for you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, it is 16. I'm lying. It's, I'm almost 16. <laughs> My wife's not here. She's in I was going to say, your wife's staggering oh, you right no. now? No, You might need to no. edit that one out. It just happened, though. July 24th. I know that. Congratulations. <laughs> good for you. Well, you know you have, thank you. You know you have a bunch of stories when you're married that long and and uh, different things you're going through and, um, you know, different things get added to your life. And so at what point did you guys think, you know, we want to try to have like children during this process? So when we got married, we had a five-year plan. So we are going to get, so have, you know, be married, travel, just, Mm -hmm. you know, grow together. We didn't live together before we got married. So, you know, living with somebody of the opposite sex, that was interesting so we just wanted to grow and enjoy oh, and have fun. Interesting. Is that the word yeah. we're using here? Oh, you could say that. That's a, Come that's on. Another. Wait a minute. Back on a rewind. What are we talking about? You want a story? Here? Yeah. Go okay. ahead. So we, have, we do have a podcast called Tell Us a Good Story, and we share some of these hilarious moments. But yeah. when we got married, 
what, two months into it, like right after, yeah. right after Christmas, your sister was still in college and she did an internship in Columbus, Ohio, where we are here with Abercrombie and Fitch. Yep. Well, she needed a place to stay for 10 weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we opened up our bedroom. Which was very bedroom. nice of you. Yes. Very nice. Come on, stay with us. We, you know, newlyweds. Okay? Yeah. So, at that time, Steph was working the night shift mm-hmm. at a local hospital. And you were in what, labor delivery unit. And so, I would see her on certain days. Just, you're coming in at 7 a.m. And we'd have breakfast. And then I would take off to go to work. So this particular moment, I remember I was going to bed. I said goodnight to her sister, Katie, right? Went to bed and at 5 a.m. Let me tell a story. <laughs> Let me tell this. All right, okay. So, so <laughs> it's like 2, 3 in the morning and labor and delivery, we deliver all these babies. No one was coming in. And they said, does anybody want to leave early? My hand shoots up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to leave early. I would love to go home and, you know, snuggle into my newlywed husband. Like, I just couldn't wait. I was going to surprise him. So I get home, Dr. D, and I'm going up the steps and I hurry up and try to get ready for bed and um, crawl into bed. And as I'm crawling into bed, my husband says, Katie, is that you? And Katie <laughs> oh. is my sister. Oh, oh Kevin. So, Kevin. so bad. This is 2 a.m. So bad. And my wife's response, as you can imagine, is, Katie, why would Katie be in our bed? <laughs> and at that moment, I realized, Dr. D, I've got about a half a second to wake up and save my marriage and give yeah. a yeah. rational response. And I'm like, Steph, she was the last person I saw at 10 o'clock. When I came in the bedroom, you never come home early. Yeah, I was confused. That's why I said that because I was completely confused why is somebody coming into the bed at 2 a.m., mm-hmm. right? And so thankfully that was rational enough, calmed you down, and we had a good laugh about it the next day. We have a good laugh because I know my husband and I know my sister, and there's no way anything would happen. It's just as a newly wed, I was, t- you know, 2, 3 a.m. I'm tired. I so couldn't wait to, come to see home. my Is husband. Yes. And he says another woman's name. And I'm like, Your what's sister's the- name. Oh, it's my sister. <laughs> what the frick, babe? That like, was yeah. not one of my better moments. No. No. <laughs> oh, Men, man. do not do that. And here's what's bad. They still bring that up, Dr. D. Oh, yeah. It's from 15 years ago. Oh, we totally will. He will not live that down. <laughs> I will wow. remind him of that. Kevin, there's a theme here with you, man. Oh, I know. Thank you. <laughs> I right. try to tell him that. It's the tip of the iceberg, too, unfortunately. <laughs> there's like a theme developing. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie's like, I gotta, I got I'm gonna coach him. Oh, I'm gonna oh coach him. for sure. Yeah. I told him he needs to write another book and it's what not to do when you get married. When you get married. <laughs> He thought he was going to put a couple chapters in our recent book. And unfortunately, we had too many. He's like, maybe I should just do my own book about yeah. this. I'm like, that would probably be a good a good decision there, babe. So yeah. don't say that at night, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Exactly. Yeah. So you guys had the plan, the five-year plan, right? Yep. Five-year plan. So we were married in 03. I'm sorry, 04, 04, 04. And oh, when in 04? When in 04? Uh, I know. When you said that, it Three was October 23rd. Yep, wow, almost exactly amazing. 
months after you. Wow. So, and then in 07, unfortunately, uh, I was electrocuted. And the way I was electrocuted, I was, uh, I had since moved on from labor and delivery and I was a surgical nurse specialized in brain surgery. And I was in the OR and was electrocuted by the grace of God. I survived, but I should have been killed instantly. And from that point on, it was an adjustment, a journey to get our children. So yeah, your internal, you, you were, your body was completely Especially your your head was fried. Yeah. It physically yeah, but, kind of made yeah. it more. Yep. So uh, it was a very strange way it happened. But when I was electrocuted, there was no entry or exit point. So for the doctors, they could not follow the path of the current. So they basically had to go with what I was feeling, what I was describing. Uh, took lots of tests, um, lots of scans. And what they found was the whole front and left part of my brain was, for lack of better words, fried. So things started to happen in my body. I had short-term memory loss, cognitive thinking issues. Uh, I started getting hallucinations. And every so often, new things would arise. So uh, one of those things was my cycle completely stopped, which, you know, to have children, you need to have a cycle. Yeah. So it was just one thing after another. And I remember that time, Dr. D, it, for me, it was almost like 50 first dates at times. Mm, yeah. with her, with you watched short- that movie? Well, he, after we got married. We got married, <laughs> Dr. D. Come no, on no. now. Yeah, <laughs> so but I'm I, sorry. I'm just- <laughs> yeah, that was good. I'm getting roasted by Dr. D on here, too. Yeah, so. I'm just saying, man. I just, yeah. You start mentioning movies, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. Exactly. But uh, we would, we'd go with friends. And, you know, on the outside, stuff, stuff looks fine, right? Nothing's wrong. Yeah. But then when you start to talk to her, she'd be like, Hey, Bob, how's, how's your job going? And then 30 seconds later, Hey, did you start your new job yet? They had answer. Another minute goes by, Hey, how's your job going, Bob? And uh, you realize like, okay, there's, there's something wrong here. Well, he would try to go to the bathroom. Bless his heart. This man's a tea, unsweetened tea drinker. And he would, would have like five or six glasses of tea <laughs> would obviously have to use the restroom. And I would just dig my hands into his thigh. Cause I did don't not, leave me. don't leave me. Like these are our best friends. Even and we're at dinner. I'm like, don't leave me. Like I can't even have the conversation. Yeah. So, and I knew what I was doing. I just couldn't stop it from happening. So, you know, I would always, you know, rely on him to lead the conversation. I could chime in, but I would be pretty quiet for the most part, which is obviously not me. <laughs> You're like, no, it's definitely not you. So <laughs> how did that progress um, as you were trying to have children? What was the kind of the, I'm sure there was many low points during that time as you're thinking, what's going on with me, you know? Many, many low points. It was, it was devastating. You know, as a woman, you ache for children when you really want them. You just have this longing and this desire. And, uh, you know, you see all these friends that had babies and then you see friends that are like, ah, you know, we weren't even trying and we got pregnant. And for someone who struggled, you know, with everything that I was going through and then not being able to have children, it was just devastating. So, you know, we had gone to the doctor and they're like, you know, we, we can't, we don't understand what's happening. You know, then I lost my cycle. And honestly, when I lost my cycle, I thought I was pregnant because why else 
would you have lost, you know, lost your cycle? Um, but unfortunately I wasn't. And that was in July, August timeframe of 2010. And I finally went to my OB in October, November. And she's like, you know, we're going to put you on some medication to try to start your cycle. Um, unfortunately that didn't work. And we went to Florida to celebrate Kevin's MBA program and yeah, from graduating his MBA. And when we were there, I started reading a couple of books and these books completely changed my mind frame. One was Supernatural Childbirth by Jackie Mize and one was Faith Hunt by uh, Pastor Gary Cassie. And I read these books and it just talked about building your faith and knowing that you know that you know you know, that kind of faith that no matter what, if you have faith for it and you can believe for it. So I remember after reading these two books, we're out the pool and I turned to Kevin. I'm like, babe, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? Like you know, dropped my book. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? And I'm like, no, I'm believing, babe, that we are pregnant and we're speaking it right now. So I truly, truly felt that I was pregnant at that point. And it was the craziest feeling but we, you know, started picking out baby names and we actually went shopping for, you know, baby items on our trip. Yeah. And, and Dr. Nate, forgive us. I, I mean, I don't know if you're a person of faith or believer, but okay, good. So you, you may understand some of what we're talking about here. Um, so, of course, at that time, there were, there were many times where I had to rush my wife to the emergency room because she would get these migraine-like symptoms where the only way to alleviate the pain was to get her to the emergency room and they would just pretty much knock her out mm -hmm. and for just, 24 hours yeah, and just like load her up with medicines just to get the pain away. Mm -hmm. Well, that last night when we were in Florida, she got one of these episodes again. And I'm like, Stephanie, there's no shame. If I need to take you to the emergency room here in, in Tampa or Clearwater, mm -hmm. where, wherever we were at, there's no shame. I We can do this. And Steph was like, nope, we're going to continue to pray and believe that this, this is going to go away, right? Because I'm believing I'm pregnant mm -hmm. and I don't want to take this just cocktail of medicine that they're going to give me at the High hospital yeah. that may injure the baby. I'm like, okay, that's fine. We're Well, then we're going to get through this night. So, so we get home and take a t pregnancy test and it was negative. And I was so defeated. And I'm like, how could it be negative? I know that I'm pregnant. I know that I'm pregnant. So um, talk, told Kevin and he's like, babe, we're still believing that you're pregnant. I'm like, okay. So called my OB the next day because obviously her cocktail that she had given me to start my cycle didn't work. And she's like, okay, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to try it one more time, but you need to take a pregnancy test um, to prove, you know, that you're not pregnant so we can give you this medicine. Because obviously if I was pregnant, you know, this would kill the baby. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I just took a pregnancy test, but they needed me to try it on a particular day. So it was actually a Sunday morning. We had gone to church Saturday night and I woke up just willy nilly, took the pregnancy test, you know, washing my hands, come back. I look at the test and it's positive. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I am pregnant. So, you know, wake Kevin up, told Kevin, and we are so excited. We are so excited. I call the doctor's office that Monday morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I took a pregnancy test and it's positive. And they're like, oh honey, that's great. When was your last cycle? Because <laughs> right. 
you know, yeah. we need to see how far along you are. And I'm like, it was in July <laughs> of last, and, year. Of last oh. year. And this is January. <laughs> so wow. they said, okay, well, we're going to need to see you. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, I was so excited, Dr. Dean. I'm like, Kevin, he was at work. I'm like, can you bring me home another pregnancy test? Because this was one of those ones that it was just like two stripes to say you're pregnant. I said, I want to see the word pregnant. I just, I want to see that. So he's like, that's fine. So he went and got it and uh, came home, brought the test. I took it and it said not pregnant. And immediately I was devastated. I felt I was so, so sad. And Kevin's like, Stephanie, all you need is one. You need one positive test. And so I held on to that test. I was like, this the CVSP stick is not official, <laughs> honey. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's go to the doctor, let's get the real the test. Get the real yeah. test. So we did. So, you know, we at that point my faith was built up again. I'm like, okay, no, I'm pregnant. I'm I'm literally holding this piece stick with toilet paper around it. Like it's in here, it's in my bag. I know what it says. Cause if I if they, you know, said there wasn't a baby, I was gonna have this test to prove it. So, you know, Kevin and I are in there and I said, babe, you got to believe that this little baby looks like, like a peanut because if it's a, if it's a peanut, it's bigger than if it was a pea and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right. So the doctor comes in, does the ultrasound. And as soon as she put the ultrasound inside of me, our baby had arms Mm -hmm. and legs and was just moving around. And they told me I was over 10 weeks pregnant which would have meant I was pregnant in Florida when I told Kevin I was pregnant. Yes. So I got pregnant without a cycle by the grace of God. And when you came back and you immediately were taking the pregnancy test because your hormones and everything were out of whack, it wasn't showing up on those. It was just too early. Yeah. It was just too early, but I was pregnant at that time, which was just incredible and ended up delivering a very healthy, you know, beautiful little girl. And it was just incredible. And here's what's amazing, Dr. D. During that pregnancy, of course, we had, for the past couple of years, we had been praying and believing that the electrocution, right, and all the symptoms would go away. Well, when she got pregnant, every symptom, the hallucinations, the short-term memory loss, everything like came back completely restored during that pregnancy. And so that's when all the symptoms went away is when you got pregnant with Emmy that yep. first time. So that went away. Um, and then, yeah, you you got pregnant without a cycle. Yep. I sure did. That's powerful. <clears throat> That's really powerful. You know, there's certainly a lot of people who go through um, difficult situations trying to have children. And it's a very inspiring story to hear. And I'm sure a lot of people find a lot of comfort in hearing about your story. Uh, Thank for you. that. Yeah, no, I, and you guys are so open and so honest, and you're both extremely funny, by the way. <laughs> Kevin, you cracked me you. up with the movie thing. I'm not joking. Man. Just feel bad for him. Don't let him think it's just you know, a bad situation. Like Stephanie's carrying you from like 85 to 97. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yes. That's exactly right. I love it. She's like, let me get you up into the 2000s, oh, and then you're on your yeah. own. It's like, yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny because, yeah, when we started dating and even got married, she started like bringing out these movies. So she made me watch like Three Amigos and <laughs> made me watch uh, Sandlot and Great. Toonies. And, yeah. So, man, you got like a whole re education. <laughs> I really did. I could bring him things. up to modern day. <laughs> How did that influence, like, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. Um, I was on my show. I have so many different types of people. I mean, I talk to every single person that's different and 
And uh, it's always fun for me to um, talk to people, you know, who are people of faith like myself. But, you know, I, I enjoy talking to anybody, regardless of their, their walk in spirituality. How was, Kevin, how did that change for you or did that change how you grew up in your, your, your walk in faith to where you are at now? It sounded very strict before. And so how has that kind of uh, transformed in your adult life? Right. It was, it was very strict. Um, probably what people would call legalistic, I guess. Mm, And so it was more of, um, you know, I believed these certain things just because that's how I grew up. Right. That's what my parents had told me. Right. Um, so as I became an adult, right. And I started diving in more to the word, right. And finding out answers for myself. Um, you know, some of my attitudes changed on certain things. Um, now granted, I, I grew up in a great home. I I don't want to, you know, speak poorly of it. I, Absolutely, yeah. It protected me from getting in a lot of trouble, right? So I would, you know, I, you know, as a parent, I would veer uh, on the side of you know being more strict, more disciplined than mm-hmm. having this hands-off approach that I see a lot of parents have. Um, so yeah, as I got an adult, and you know, I, w- I was still very naive, and what I would say even socially awkward. Mm -hmm. Uh, at times. And Steph certainly helped me out with that. But it also helped in regards to um, the spirituality side, getting into the word and, um, you know, having my own uh, ideas uh, about what the word of God says, right? And and I realized, okay, it doesn't say he turned water into grape juice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, let me read another translation. Okay. Hey. No, 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 let me read another translation. Okay, they all, yeah. They no all say grape juice. They're like, man, okay, okay. <laughs> what do you guys think is maybe the, and I think it's, this is a good conversation to have, is I think, you know, so many different people listen to the podcast they have and from different walks of life and may be curious about this question, but what do you think the biggest misperception people have about people of faith? Ugh. It's very sad, but unfortunately people of faith can be very judgmental. And I mm. hate that. Like God teaches us, you know, just to love one another, yeah. you know, back in the day when Jesus was walking the earth, you know, he would see a leper and, you know, give the leper food. He just wouldn't walk by and say, well, you should have, you know, found a job or, You know, he would heal the sick or, you know, one of the people was a tax collector, which, you know, was some of the most hated people because they were taking your money. And instead of, you know, bashing this tax collector, he invited him to dinner. So he always just showed love instead of judging others. And I think that is so important in a time like this to not, you know judge or, you know, give your opinions, just love on people. I would think, I guess what comes to mind, Dr. D, is when you say the misconception, I think maybe there's a misconception of if you are spiritual, if you are a person of faith, that you may be mentally weak, right? That you need to rely on something else because you can't do it yourself, right? And I I guess I've seen that in the corporate world, right? Where you rely on yourself, right? You try to do things in your own power, in your own strength. And of course, when we were going through all these health situations, there, you know, probably the, the most challenging aspect of that was me as a husband is not to be able to 
help out, right? So, for example, when Steph, you know, is having brain surgery, okay, and they found a brain tumor, you know, year, years later, me as a educated individual, right, what the world would say, you know, I, I've, is educated, right? There's nothing I could do to help, right? It doesn't matter how much money we had. It didn't matter maybe the network of con, you know, contacts we had. Did, it, that Our did not matter. Didn't matter. None of it mattered, right? There's nothing I could do to help, right? The doctors didn't even know what was was going on. They were guessing a lot of times. And I remember, you know, going to an appointment with Steph and w- with electrocution, for example. And they said, okay, we're trying to do research on this type of electrical injury. And because unfortunately, the, the injury I had, people didn't survive. Right. That, and that's what it came back to. Like, okay, we're kind of guessing on this because the people who had your injury, they all died. Right. So that's another example. Doctors didn't even know how mm-hmm. to treat this. Right. So in our situation, I had to completely and fully give my wife to God. Right. I remember when we were at the hospital. Um, when you're going in for brain surgery, I was, I remember praying in the, in the lobby as, as they wheeled stuff back and like, God, like I'm done. Right. Like me and the control that I try to have and the control to try to fix things and try to solve problems. I, there's nothing I can do here to help. I can't solve this. I can't make this go away. And I remember praying, God, I give my wife to you. You, you take control, do what only you can do. And, uh, she came out of that surgery. Um, amazing because it, you know another point of that was before they took her into surgery i had one of the doctors pulled me aside and tell me hey listen just so you know we don't you know the stephanie you know today may not be the stephanie that wakes up from surgery because of we're dealing with brain right she may have a different personality she she may not be the wife that you have right now just to make you aware there's that risk right and so yeah that's the stuff I was dealing with, right? So that's where I completely had to rely on our faith and rely on God that he was going to take care of my wife. Yep. Yeah, no, <clears throat> it's, I love how you guys tell stories. You just have such a very clear idea of who you are and, uh, and how you tell the stories. It's just beautiful. But, oh, you know, I asked you. that question. Yeah. I asked that question because I think there's, especially in our time and, and what's going on, I think, Anytime, you know, you, you talk about things related to politics or religion, it can be very uh, dicey yes. for people, you know. And I think sometimes for me, I mean, I've been a lifelong Christian. And um, I always think like the biggest thing that people think that like I'm no fun or something or that I we don't enjoy <clears throat> living in the sense of you know good times and having fun and doing things like it's a very stiff existence or something, you know, and it's that is extremely legalistic. And, and I always try for myself to be some like, listen, it's, yeah, I believe, but it doesn't mean that I'm not someone who can enjoy a lot of many good things in life. And right. I'm not some robot, you know, because You're like, I'm a cool guy. I'm <laughs> actually so cool. pretty cool. I have a cool. podcast. So. Yeah. I'm not lame, man. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm actually pretty, and I just want to awesome. be an example. Yeah. I just, yeah. I want to be an example and for me, the biggest part is love. I totally agree, uh, Steph. And when you're saying that, it's like, that's what we should be doing with people. We should be loving people, caring 100%. about them, right? Taking them and say, hey, listen, I care about you. You're important to me. Yes. And uh, instead, what gets, I think, 
publicized is is the very far extreme aspects of anything. Absolutely. You know, whether it's the fire and brimstone aspect of religion that uh, some may prescribe to or whatever other thing is going on or a far left aspect of something. They don't talk about the love aspect of it. <laughs> you know, it's You're like absolutely right. You always always publicize things that are that are very negative about something, anything that it is versus like, you know, the real teaching of this is love. That's what it is. Why can't we focus on that? And maybe it's just not as glamorous <laughs> to people, you know. All right. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And and that might go always. I, I, I say this every moment I get up when I pray to help me to love other people the way that you love me. Mm. That, oh, that's that's it. That's good. If I can do that, I, that's a good day, man. That's, that's like a, a good day. day. That's a great day. And I watch, you know, Indiana Jones during that. Do you know what that <laughs> I is, Kevin? I love it. You know? <laughs> My eyes just bugged out and I'm holding his hand. Like, just, please tell me what like, that is. You, you better not embarrass me <laughs> no. and say no on this podcast. Do you know what it is? Yes, I know what it is. Okay. okay. <laughs> Temple of Doom or something? Right? Yeah, Rock man. Park, Temple of Doom. What was the one? Last I lo- Crusade was What's the, the one best. With, um, Last Crusade is the best. Last Crusade. The That's Last the one. Crusade. Yes. That's the one I've seen. My favorite one. The Sean Connery. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. That's the one I've seen. So good. So good. It's so good. Don't watch the, the Crystal Skulls. Not no. good. Don't I watch it. it. It was so no. sad. Why? Indy, why did you go there? Right? <laughs> My wife just Come watched on. it. She was like, this is a terrible movie. I was like, I try to tell you not to watch this. It'll ruin your whole... Just watch the other ones. Okay? Exactly. Just Stick don't with the trilogy. Watch- yeah, don't I don't like when they try to like after thirty years or something they try to like make more. I'm like, ah, uh, don't ruin it. Just let it be. Exactly. Like, I was watching exactly. Flatliners last night, the newer version. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I was like, I like the one with Kiefer Sutherland back in the day. I'm like, Sorry, Kevin. I'm like, <laughs> I, you said that. I'm like, like, what? I've actually never heard of that movie. Are we talking about a doctor? Are we talking? Are we going back to the? Is ER? that the 80s? Going, Did someone die? Flatline. Yeah, yeah. I'm happening? sorry. I just I don't know. I'm a big like movie person. I just like love like most movies. I love the excitement of movies and stuff. And oh man, it's crazy. But see, I moved that from a serious thing to something. <laughs> Like that? <laughs> See, you're a cool Christian. Yeah, yeah come back, on. You're cool. Yeah, I don't want to be lame. I, who no, wants to be boring? You're not. Lame. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, isn't that rule number one on a podcast? Don't be boring. <laughs> don't be boring, right? So, speaking yes. of that, I would love to hear about your experience with your podcast and and uh, how you've enjoyed that experience. Oh my gosh, it has been so much fun. It's been a lot more fun than I was expecting. Yep. A lot more fun. So we just recorded episode 35 yesterday, Mm -hmm. and our podcast is called Tell Us a Good Story because we love telling stories. We love hearing stories. Some of our most fun times is when we're in the basement with friends and just laughing at their stories, right, and and watching high state football or or whatever. And so um, we've had the opportunity. We started off with we invited friends of ours. Hey, I want to document these funny stories that – we have told in the basement. And so we did that. And then it's moved on to having some very fascinating people come on and we just tell stories. Right. So, um, you know, today what we dropped was, uh, she's a professional wrestler, Madison rain, and, um, she's with impact wrestling. And so we just talked about fun stories. So Steph asked her, had she had any, uh, wardrobe malfunctions? And she said, she's seen them, 
but she's actually never had them except for her for her hair. Her hair extensions, she had extensions came out. Came out. Oh, and she said man. she had to talk to the ref, hey, go grab those. Those are pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so she told us just like behind the scenes stuff. It's that was so, so funny. Fun. It's so fun. It was so funny. So just like you, you get to meet all of these amazing people that you would have never met, you know, in yeah. your day-to-day life. So that podcast has created this atmosphere, this platform, so we can meet people. Right. And every fifth episode, it's just Steph and I telling okay. stories, kind of like what you heard, um, yeah. because we have too many stories about like what not to do when you get married, right? So too uh, many th- dumb things too Kevin many dumb has done. Thi- yeah, that I'm trying Kevin, to help other husbands on, yeah. <laughs> not do the same thing. That's true. So. Yeah. So yeah, if I can just help one husband out there, it it'll be worth it. Stuff. Kevin's gonna be the the husband whisperer. It's oh my gosh, like, that would be good. Yeah, still, still working <laughs> that on that. Would be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steph Chiman, yeah. yeah, that'd be. Good. Oh yeah, that would be yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, so yeah, every fifth episode, we just tell our funny stories from the last fifteen years. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. It's it's a great space to be in. I mean, it really is a lot of fun. It's um, probably like you guys. I love stories. I'm obsessed with hearing stories and chatting with people. And I just want to be like relaxed and have fun during it. You oh, know? absolutely. It's kind of a just meet people. You never know where life takes you when you meet amazing people. And I'm big on this back on the love thing. I always tell people, I say, listen, you know, if you got people that love you in your life and that really care about you. You got to hold on to them. You really do. And you can never have enough love in your life. That's one thing you can never have enough of. And That's keep true. getting more love in your life. And I, I'm obsessed with that. I want to create good relationships with people. I don't do podcasts like one-offs with people. Like when you come into my life, we develop a relationship. So you're going to hear from me again. You know, I like, love good. that. We're going to build that. Yeah. I got a lot of people. This is like episode 170 something. right? That's now. awesome. So, that's yeah, amazing. and then there are hundreds of hours. Thank you. So I reach back out to every guest as the list grows and continue to try to be a good person in their life and uh, be consistently caring about them. And so it's been an awesome journey for me with that. It sounds like the same for you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. 170. Good for you. Pumping them out, Kevin. <laughs> Man. When, uh, when did you start then? How long have you done this? Uh, like 14 months or so. Yeah. So you've done 170 what? episodes in 14. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pump I'm, out I'm like, clapping right now. <laughs> well done. Well done. I salute you. Uh, seriously, Thank I you. thought we were doing good, but no, not <laughs> even close. So we do one a week. So what are you doing, two a week? I'm doing four a week. Four yeah. a week. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, four, hey, four hours. Like That's four a- hours a week, 16 hours a month, pretty much or so. Wow. I'm just wow. producing. And so a cool thing is, so I had this podcast retreat planned last year before uh, COVID happened. Okay. I'm going to get it back going next summer, but every guest that comes on my show gets invited to this retreat and it'll be, you know, at some place in the U.S. In or so. Hawaii. Yeah. All oh, expenses paid right trip. Oh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it does, right? All I right. Mean, we are best friends now. Yeah, we're yeah exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I wanted to do it because while I love talking to so many people, I think it would be so awesome if a bunch of people who are guests of the show all met in one place and they could listen to each other's podcasts and already have some background information on each other. And we could create like this 
yearly podcast community that keeps growing every year because I'm producing so many episodes. Right. <laughs> it just so it's at a, it's its own social network, which is why I call it Dr. D's social network. I don't I don't want other social media. I don't create my own social media through I this. Love it. That's very cool. Very cool. And you'd have like your yeah, your best friends would be there. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, That's yeah. very cool. And all the people so creating community with people that I talk to and just say, Hey, this is a safe place. This is a, this is a kind, caring, loving mm. place to be with all these people and sharing all these stories. And so you all will have something in common. You've been on the show right? immediately. Well, so add us, uh, add us to the list. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably next summer we're going to uh, get it going. And I, I think it'll be amazing. I mean, I'll have so many episodes by then. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah, you will. Well, 2000 <laughs> like episodes. A- <laughs> uh, if my math's correct. <laughs> yeah, my next summer. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Kevin's like, I mean, how many people are we talking about here? Oh right. <laughs> we're gonna need name tags. I know. I'm like, I is too many people. Too yeah. many people. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate you and uh just excited to meet new people like yourselves. Love the stories. And Kevin, you're gonna get some more movies in you, man. I mean, we're gonna, Eventually, yes. I mean, come on, man. There's just so much. The '80s are filled with amazing movies, man. <laughs> like, absolutely yes. are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, we've enjoyed this. Yes, thanks, Doctor Thank D. Appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds great. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences. And it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.